Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. An Erio's original. And welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite mysteries. Each week, we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy sorry, theories, so and conclude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I turned, I turned off my video by accident, and I'm so sorry for all of you just listening. It was that I turned off my video, and it really shocked Allie. <laughs> It did. I got startled. I thought maybe I didn't know what happened. I thought maybe she got kidnapped and I was going to have to call Liam Neeson. Um, anyways, and then we conclude with our own hypothesis. I'm Allie Screamel. I'm Malissa Stettin. And I'm, ooh, I didn't even think to think of this. I'm Muscrema Blasucci, the producer. <laughs> That really rolls off the tongue. (laughs) Wow, that's really beautiful. Muscrema. You're Ali Screamel. You're Muscrema. I can be Mel Screema Screamin'. Oh, sounds like a roller coaster. (laughs) I'm going to go on the Mel Screema (laughs) Screamin'. Yeah. Sounds sexual to me for some reason. Um, now we are we're recording this a week early, right after we recorded our last episode. So we don't have any yeah. pa- new patrons for today, do we? I just wanted to give that disclaimer just so everyone knew right. that's the reason we had. No it's new not because patrons. no one otherwise, likes us. <laughs> otherwise, we'd be chock full so of patrons. Many. Melissa, what is our episode on today? Today is a spooky tale. Wow, I can't wait. In the fall of 1986, the Andrews family experienced what they thought was a demonic haunting 
inside their Pepperell, Massachusetts home. It's about 60 Uh-oh. miles outside of Boston. But when they discovered what the culprit was, it was far more disturbing than anything they could imagine. Let's get into it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's 1986. It's the fall. Right outside of Boston. I'm seeing Harry Met Sally vibes. Yes, you are. Brian Andrews, he lives with his two daughters, Annie and Jessica. Annie is 15 and Jessica's eight. Was Annie okay? Oh, Allie. Annie, why don't you ask her? <laughs> Annie, you Annie, okay? Annie, are you okay? <laughs> I think she's she's okay now, but not during this story. Uh-oh. So their mom had just died from cancer, and their dad is a bus driver, so like he had to work extra hard to take care of his two kids. He was always working. He worked long hours, so the daughters are often home alone. So one evening... The phone rings, Annie answers it, and it's a boy named Danny. Hmm. He says that he got her number from one of her friends at her high school and saw her and was like, yeah, you, you seemed really cool. I just wanted to call you and talk to you. So they start talking. And so like, it's the 80s. So there's like no social media. Like this is how you communicate with people. Like you talk to them on the phone. You got to get to know them. So they ended up talking like quite a bit. And Danny, Annie didn't know who this was. She'd never seen this boy before. So he described himself, said he was 16. He said he was good looking, athletic, smart, and blonde. And because we all know blondes are more more fun. (laughs) fun. So after talking for a few weeks, Danny asked Annie if she wants to go on a date to the county fair. And Annie's like, uh, yes, please. Oh, God. So then Danny comes over to Annie's house, and she was pretty shocked to see that the guy he described himself as was not him. He was, like, shorter. He was disheveled. He was not attractive. He had dark hair. He was not athletic at all. Why, they play a pickup game and he wasn't good? <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> like what yes yes he was not athletic he was not good at the ring toss apparently (laughs) couldn't win her a goldfish at that county fair right (laughs) so yeah but annie felt bad and was like okay well i guess i'll still go on this date with you like uh, we were talking and whatever so they did and then during their date danny discovered that Annie and Jessica had recently lost their mother to cancer because she was talking about it. And Danny was like weirdly interested in the death, like asking a ton of questions Mm -hmm. about it. And Annie later said that it seemed like he was obsessed with the death of her mother. Like he asked her how she felt at the moment her mom died and like how much she suffered from it. Like he was just being a real weirdo. And so, like, after an hour on this date, Annie said she needed to go home because she was, like, getting all sorts of weird vibes from him. She's like, okay, yeah, well, I got to go home. Nice to meet you. And so then afterwards, she decided that, like, she didn't want to see him again, obviously. So she avoided him and didn't answer his calls. And then she didn't see Danny again willingly. However, she would see him again under much different circumstances. Uh oh. Dun dun dun. Okay, so let's talk about this kid, Danny LaPlante. 
He was born in 1970 in Townsend, Massachusetts, and he had a pretty rough childhood. He suffered from sexual and psychological abuse from multiple adults in his life. Oh God. His dad was super abusive. He was the one who did the majority of his, the punishments. He was tormenting him on like a regular basis. And Danny also struggled in school, both academically and socially. He was dyslexic. He didn't have a ton of friends. And the very few friends he had called him weird and creepy. So he was referred to a psychiatrist for his abnormal behavior and lack of hygiene. And he was diagnosed with ADHD. But then his psychiatrist started sexually abusing him as well. What? So that just added like another horrible layer to the abuse he was receiving from his dad. So he had a oh Jesus. just a terrible childhood. So then Danny started stealing from people and breaking into people's homes. And like he would not only steal things, but he would leave items behind. And he would also move items around in people's homes in such a way that it was like clear that someone had entered the property. Mm-mm. But like it wasn't that obvious that people would notice. So, like, people would come home and be like, was it? Did I put that there? Oh, weird. I must have put that there. Like, they didn't... Like, he would just oh, do that God. to fuck with people. So, like, eventually he was just breaking in homes, like, for fun. Just to, like, torment people. <laughs> like a Jesus real psychopath. Christ. Okay, and then one night, Annie and her sister Jessica wanted to contact their dead mother, So they performed a seance in the basement. Oh, no. And nothing really happened from the seance. And their dad came home from work and told them to knock it off. He's like, don't do that. Like, that's what are you guys doing? That's insane. And so they went to bed. And then later that same night, they heard a knocking against their bedroom walls as they slept. They assumed it was the spirit of their mother. Oh, no. And they started asking it questions. And then it would reply by knocking and tapping on the wall. So they're like, oh, my God. God. Our spirit of our mom is here and it's communicating with us. So this went on for several nights. And over time, objects in the house began to disappear. Like items that were on a table one day would be thrown on the floor Furniture would be moved around the rooms. Oh, Jesus. They would make a bowl of food. And if they would walk away from it, come back, the food would be gone. Oh, God. And the doorbell would ring. They would answer it. No one would be there. So Annie and Jessica thought they were being haunted by a demon. Of course. That's what I would think for sure. And their dad, Brian, he didn't believe them. He thought the girls were doing this themselves. They told their dad that they let a demon come into the house during their seance, but the dad was like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, sure you did. He assumed his daughters were emotionally struggling with the death of their mother. He thought they were just like acting out. Mm -hmm. So one night in January of 1987, the girls were home alone watching a movie. Their dad was at work and they hadn't heard this knocking for a while, but then it started up again. Oh, no. It was so constant that it was like making them go crazy. But this particular night, however, it seemed that the noises were not coming from the walls, but from the basement. So their dad wasn't home. So the girls grabbed a knife from the kitchen and decided to go down to the basement to check it out. 
And when they got down to the basement, they saw something written on the wall in blood. Oh, my God. It said, I'm in your room. Come and find me. Oh, Jesus. So the girls freaked the fuck out. They ran out of the house into a neighbor's house. And they waited for their dad to return home. And they told him what they found. So the dad calls the police. And then they go inside the house into the basement. And the police, like, touch the writing on the wall. And it's ketchup. Oh, God. And so Brian still believed that it was his daughter's doing this. Ugh, Brian. He's like, you guys, you have to knock this stuff off. Like, I get it. You need attention. Your mother died. And so he made them go to counseling to help them cope with what he thought was the grief of losing their mother. And then several weeks later, a similar incident occurred. So again, the girls heard knocking sounds. But this time, it sounds like it's coming from upstairs in Annie's room. So they go up to investigate. And when they entered the room, they saw another message written in what they thought was blood. It said, I'm back. Find me if you can. This would be so scary yes. if this was happening to you. This would be so terrifying. And your dad didn't believe you. And you're like a little girl. And you're like in counseling, like telling them. They're like, uh-huh. Yeah. Sure it is, sweetie. Sure it is. So the same thing happened again. The girls ran out of the house. They went to the neighbor's house. They called their dad to come home from work. And so Brian came over to the neighbor's house. The girls were like crying and terrified. And even the neighbor was like, yeah, I don't think they're making this up. Like they are obviously disturbed. Like something for sure was happening. So Brian went inside the house to see what the hell was going on. And when he got inside, he noticed that like a lot of stuff was out of place. Every TV was turned on. Stuff was thrown all over. So he was like, okay, obviously it's not my daughter's doing this. So Brian went up to Annie's room and he saw the thing written on the wall. And he also saw a picture of Annie on the wall with a knife stabbed through it. Oh, my God. And there was another message was painted that said, marry me. Oh, Jesus. And then... Brian saw a figure on the other side of the room. It was a young boy dressed in the clothing of Brian's deceased wife. What? Yeah, he was wearing her makeup. He was wearing a dress and a blonde wig. And he was holding a hatchet. Is this a true story or is this a fake story? It's a true story. That young boy was Danny LaPlante. This is so This scary. sounds like an urban like, legend. This sounds like the urban yeah, legend of Danny LaPlante. Yeah. It's real. This is really what happened. It's real. This oh is a real person. God. You Google him, he's real. <sighs> so then Oh my god. So or so then Danny then like lunges after Brian, but Brian runs out of the room. He slams the door. He runs outside. He calls the cops. But Brian doesn't see Danny leave the house at all. So he like waits outside for the cops. And when they arrived, they discovered why it was so easy for Danny to disappear all of a sudden. An officer found a hidden crawl space behind a cupboard, which was built into the wall of Annie's bedroom. Oh, no. And when the officer opened the hatch, he discovered Danny LaPlante curled up inside. Shut up. He was in. He was inside the house in the house. And so the officers arrested Danny, and then they did, like, a thorough search of the home. 
And to their horror, they discovered that Danny had been living inside the walls of their home, the passageway which where they discovered Danny, and had been tunneled around to other areas of the house. Let's take a quick break for announcements. Webcrawlers has a Patreon to get access to rewards, bonus episodes, videos, shoutouts. Please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become a patron. Also, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and we will read you on our mailbag episodes. And Erios has a hotline. We are almost caught up on voicemails. Can you believe it? Wow. I can't. I can't either. Insert jingle here. 626-604-6262. Please continue to call us and we will continue to play your voicemails. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe Ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. Yeah, there was, he was living in the walls. Oh, the creepiest thing about this is that there were a bunch of peepholes around so that Danny could watch Annie from whichever room she was in. Ah. And like random items and their clothing that was missing was found in the crawl space. There was like food and beer and drinks. He was like a little mouse. Yeah. Just like collecting items. A little rat. So obviously Danny had been pretending to be the ghost of Annie and Jessica's mother in order to torment them. And they thought that Danny was planning on revealing himself to the girls while dressed as their dead mother. Whether to like genuinely pass himself off as their spirit or just like terrify them. He was also holding a hatchet. So like who knows 
what his plans were. Yeah, that's Fox. So then Danny was placed into a juvenile facility because he was 16, uh, where he remained until October 1987. And then almost immediately following his release, he started stealing and robbing houses again. Oh, God. During one of his robberies, he obtained two handguns. And then on December 1st, 1987, he broke into the Gustafsson family home, which is like a half mile from his own house. Inside the house, he saw Priscilla Gustafsson, 33, she was pregnant, and her two young children, Abigail and William. Oh, no. And Priscilla's husband, Andrew Gustafsson, was at work when Annie or when Danny invaded his home. And when he got home, he discovered a horrible sight. Oh, God. Andrew discovered Priscilla laying face down on her bed. Her pillows were covered with blood. She had been shot multiple times in the head. And so he called the police. And then they discovered the bodies of Andrew's two children in different bathtubs. They had both been drowned. Oh, my God. So, like, it didn't take long for the authorities to link the Gustafsson family murder with Danny. The police tried to arrest him, but they found that he had just fled. Oh, Jesus. He, like, ran into the woods. So there was a manhunt. And then a few towns over from Townsend, Danny broke into a woman's home and kidnapped her in her car. The woman escaped but Danny was spotted by someone who had seen his picture on the news. And so Danny was discovered hiding in a dumpster 48 hours after the manhunt for him began. So when he was searched, there was some hair belonging to Abigail Gustafson was discovered on his sock. So like that was enough evidence to convict him. Good. Thank God. And a year later, he was sentenced to three life sentences for the murder of the Gustafson family. Thank God, Jesus Christ. And then since his incarceration, he has shown no remorse at all for his actions. From 1988 to 2014, he attempted to sue the courts multiple times for violation of his rights. In one case, he claimed that the prison system violated his religious rights as he was allegedly a practicing Wiccan. Therefore, he claimed he required sufficient materials in order to carry out certain satanic rites, but had been denied by the prison officials. Okay, well, first of all, Satanism and Wiccanism are, right. I don't know, even know if it's Wiccan, Wicca are two entirely different things. And one of the like major tenets of Wicca is like, do no harm. So he, he was acting a fool. He's talking. Out I would of his love asshole. Allie in like as part of the jury, like tra- telling the other jury members <laughs> that, being like, "Okay, guys, listen, this is important. Here's the main problem. <laughs> I know he killed some people, but here's the real issue. <laughs> this is a problem. I just I can't not say anything. I can't, I can't not hold my tongue on this anymore. This is eating me alive." <laughs> So Danny was apparently asking for dragon's blood, honeysuckle, and black opium. This guy. To, like, do some weird spells or something. And the Wiccan community was like, they didn't claim him or anything. They're like, we don't don't know her. No, that's not. (laughs) We don't know. We don't know her. Uh, So then in 2017, however... It seems that maybe Danny has finally come to terms with his actions. 
although he was appealing for a reduced sentence. And he said, I do not have the words to fully express my profound sorrow, but I am truly sorry for the harm I have caused from the very essence of who I am, from the depth of my soul, I am sorry. Yeah, right, no. dude. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. But fortunately, his appeal was denied, and he's going to spend the rest of his life in jail with no chance of early release. And Andrew Gustafson, he passed away in 2014, so he wasn't around to hear of uh, Danny LaPlante's imprisonment for good. So that's sad. But ever, mm-hmm. However, upon his deathbed... Gustafson allegedly claimed, don't ever let him out. He should rot in prison. I agree. I wonder if you are born a sociopath or if you can be made a sociopath through events that happen to I you. I think it's probably both because this guy had a very shitty childhood. I'm sure that had yeah. a lot to do with it. But also, yeah, I'm sure some people are born into like loving families and they just like for one reason or the other... Oh, here's something from Scientific American. Can you make a sociopath either through brain injury or types of trauma? Psychologist John Watson, the founder of behaviorism, once said, give me a dozen healthy infants well-formed in my own specified world to bring them up in, and I'll guarantee to take anyone at random and train him to become any type of specialist I might select. This reminds me of that Twitter thread uh, two years ago, someone living in the walls. (laughs) Do you guys remember this? No. No. So this guy, Grady Hendrix, started writing this scary story. Oh, it's kind of ringing a bell. He starts off by saying, this was October 30th, 2019. (laughs) He says, everyone's telling scary stories for Halloween, so I'll talk about something that happened to me when I was a kid, because, hey, trauma never gets old. When I turned nine, I realized I could sneak downstairs after everyone was asleep and eat anything I wanted in the fridge. No one ever noticed. Uh, I can make peanut butter cheese whiz and a mayo sandwich. That's insane. That's the trauma, That's the right, trauma there. right there. Eat leftover pizza, scrape off the icing from birthday cakes. As long as I was careful, I could do anything. Creeping down was the hardest part. I had to navigate the dark pit, the pitch dark house all the way downstairs in total darkness like a tiny ninja. One night in May 1981, we ordered from Fish and Shrimp House. I waited until everyone was asleep and crept downstairs to eat the leftover sweet and sour pork. And it took forever. I finally stepped into the totally dark den. All of a sudden, I heard a fork click on the counter. I froze. The microwave clock light showed the outline of a man sitting at our kitchen counter. He couldn't see me, but I saw him, a skinny guy, eating our leftovers and drinking our milk from the carton. I can't explain how terrifying it is for someone to be in your house. I slowly backed away, crept upstairs, and woke up my mom and dad. But they made way too much noise and took way too long, and by the time they got downstairs, the kitchen was empty. Everyone said I read too many horror comics, so they blew off what I said. But no way I was pouring that milk on my cereal. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like something I would say, like, forget someone being in our kitchen. I'm not using that milk. Uh -uh. (laughs) Hell no. Oh, my God. So I started tracking the position of everything in the kitchen. One day, the paper napkin holder was on the wrong side of the counter. (gasps) Another day, a mug was in the sink that was not there the night before. 
my bedroom door didn't lock, so I kept a steak knife under my pillow. I must have stabbed myself in the hand a thousand times checking to make sure it was there. Then in August, I was in my room reading when I looked up. There's an AC vent over my bed. Behind the vent, a pair of eyes were watching me. I freaked and raised hell until my parents searched our attic and crawl space under the house. Nothing. So the last week of August, our house started to smell. Oh, no. One one night, rice fell out of the vent over my bed. <laughs> Matt and maggots. Ah! The AC people said something had probably crawled into our vents and died. Turns out what had crawled into our vents and died was the guy. We lived in an old house with lots of space between the walls and big ducks. He'd been living in them since May, at least. He'd put a foam pad beside my bedroom vent so he'd be comfortable while he watched me. The police said he made lots of drawings, but when I asked, they pretended they hadn't said anything. Uh, No one ever identified him. He was buried as John Doe. To this day, I can't look inside the vents and houses. But sometimes when I'm at someone's house, I'll smell a little B.O. coming from their central air conditioning, and I wonder who's living back there in the ducks. Who's living in the dark? Oh, <laughs> my God. That's, That's terrifying. I hadn't heard that. Who was the guy who wrote that story? Or what, what was it? Hendricks. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's creepy as hell. Yeah. That's terrifying. Yeah, it's terrifying. And then I was like, well, are there other instances of people living in walls? And I found one. Well, to answer our question from earlier, it is possible to mold someone into a psychopath. Scientific American says uh, psychopathy, also called sociopathy, is defined by a lack of empathy, deceitfulness and complete selfishness. Current thinking is that although certain genes may predispose people towards uh, psychopathy, their environment seems to provide the ultimate catalyst. Thus, a person who possesses the particular genes associated with this malady and is brought up in an abusive or neglectful household will be at higher risk of exhibiting the traits associated with this disorder. Huh. So interesting. Also, trauma can do it if you have a uh, damage to the front lobe. Yeah, getting bonked on the head. Getting bonked on the head. Can you imagine you're on vacation in Hawaii, you get bonked by the head by a coconut, and then all of a sudden you're a sociopath? That's crazy. No, I can't. No, I can't imagine that. That would be really wild. (laughs) That'd be a good Adam Sandler movie, actually. (laughs) That would be. Yeah, 50 First Dates. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so this article from 2016 says, it's just weird. Seattle man finds stranger living in his attic. Oof. Uh, so when Davis Wallman arrived at his Green Lake home on Monday night, he noticed a couple of lights on inside that usually would be off. He Once inside, he found a screen from a bathroom window inside the tub, but he didn't think too much of it until the next morning when strange noises in the attic startle, startled him. If you see a screen in your bathtub... That's weird. You're not like... I'd be like, someone broke in. Oh, I guess that's weird. Maybe I'll, I'll sleep and see what happens. So the bathroom window, which is a small space, is located upstairs, but can't easily be accessed without someone or something to lift a person up. So this guy hears stuff in his attic. He tries to figure out what's going on. He noticed a light was on in his office, and the door was locked. So he knocked on the door. He didn't get a response. 
And then he heard a woman's voice from this like locked office. It goes, Jimmy, is that you, Jimmy? Oh, God. And he's like, no, it's not Jimmy. Who is this? And why are you in my house? So he called 911. And then the woman, who's a stranger, opened the office door and saw him. And the dude's like, oh, who who are you? Why are you in my house? And she just kept going. She kept saying, this is my house. I live here. I've been here for three days. Jimmy said I could live here. Jimmy said I could stay here. And so what? he called the police. The woman like ran off before the police got there. Like nothing was stolen. There was a fire escape ladder that he found hanging from the deck, which the suspect likely found in a, inside a closet in the house. And he said the woman was just living in his attic. He just, she ran off and he had a locksmith change all the locks and the doors. And like, that's it. That's so crazy. I once had a girlfriend who got so drunk and she lived in an apartment complex that she tried to get into the wrong apartment. I guess someone's door was unlocked and she like walked in and like sat down and like started watching TV and the woman was like, get out. And then my friend was like, this is my apartment. You get out. What are you doing in here? And the woman was like, this is my apartment. You live two doors down. Like, no. Oh. (laughs) I was like, I think you have a problem, lady. Well, so there, that's the story of the boy <laughs> living in the walls. Wow. Well, that is yeah. really, really, that's like actually one of the scariest. The image of him living in the walls and then coming out in all the mother's yeah. clothing is oh, so scary. God, that's not that's great. terrifying. All the peoples. Yeah, that's really, that's like Psycho. It's like yes. the movie Psycho. It's like 10 movies in one. That's really terrifying. Uh-huh. Um, if you have any crazy stories about someone living in your house or living <laughs> in the walls, please let us know. Melissa, where can people reach us? You can email us at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com. All right. Well, I am Allie Spooky Siegel. I'm Melissa living in your walls stetton <laughs> and i'm producer um uh let's all let's just respect each other's space maria <laughs> don't drink the milk yeah don't, don't, don't drink, drink the, the milk, milk okay bye guys bye. Powered by ACAS. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 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 Mm